0: Out of Austin, texas you're listening to the unsanctioned citizen podcast here's your host sheila dean
1: hey kids thanks for joining here at the unsanctioned citizen i'm really happy to be showing and telling you all of these new things uh there's a it's been an enormous wave of news this week just just huge just, I mean, really overwhelming tsunami of news and current events. It's pretty historic. I mean, I, I it's there have been waves like this in the past, but you know, you get these the sense that there's kind of an assault. And that's the sense that you know, it's it's really a, a threatening level of of. Um, I guess the the threat landscape is really what I'm I'm trying to to. Indicate here that the rescoping of the threat landscape. I'm going to go ahead and try to bring up my my uh, co-host Gregor, so that he can he can come up. He's been invited. Let's get him up here. But um, I'm going to make you a speaker, Gregor, because you're you're always supposed to be the speaker. All right. So we're rescoping the threat landscape because. It just seems like there is a segment of our national leadership that doesn't really have the American interest of the whole in mind. They're not even trying to conceal it anymore. They're making these really brazen um, lance attacks towards one particular political opponent, and they're sacrificing you know, justice for the whole on the altar of, of a really kind of, it it is becoming to seem petty because they, they won't let it go. He's been out of office for two years, this Trump guy, and they just won't let it go. It's like he committed a crime. No, we're going to get him. No, we're going to get him. But the whole point is to, I guess, make sure he doesn't run. Uh, but there's more attached to that. This is becoming this big cat- legal catamaran ball that's 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 rolling in people like Jacob Chansley who didn't really do anything. Now they've got him in a halfway house for, you know, 6 months, you know, to continue to rehabilitate him. I, that that that's just ludicrous. And the state should let go entirely because he did not do anything wrong and then of course there's this new New York you know, rogue prosecution of of this guy Mackey, who put up a meme, and they're they're overblowing the distortion of what he did, so that they can they can put him in jail for ten years. And I I'm reaching out to people in the Judiciary Committee at the Senate, Ted Cruz, to, to see you know can you do anything for this person? I mean, there needs to be a second opinion. And, and, and I really do believe that there needs to be an intervention based on free speech. And we 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 deserve more. We deserve better. So Gregory, is your are you unmuted? Yes, I think I'm unmuted. Oh let me pot you yeah. up. Let's see here. Alright, so yeah, I I've got you on mic now. The the audio okay. was low, sorry. It's all right. I
2: I can talk loud if you need me to.
1: Um,
2: And, you know, specifically with all these prosecutions, it is literally, you know, the DOJ and states when the DOJ fails, as it were, as they did with Trump, because they already investigated this in particular crime and said, whoops, there's no crime here. Um, But yet we have to prosecute it again in the state with it's i'm actually looking forward to it because i really think it's going to end up being an absolute circus and eventually either the, they're they're going to drop all the charges and he's going to walk away free or even better he goes to trial and shows what a ridiculousness this is and um you know mackey you know that's going to end up having to go to the supreme court under a first amendment issue i don't know what else you know what else can happen and I personally would hope that the Supreme Court would pick it up this session now. You know, sooner the better kind of thing.
1: And, and I, I, I really think that people should double down on, on using their free speech instead of the impetus is to, like, <coughs> oh, this guy Mackey got criminalized for free speech. I don't even know if they can legally do this because if he lives in a different state and they prosecuted him in New York... You know, there's kind of federalist issues involved as well. We have to log back in here. So welcome to Colin. We've got some people uh, with us today. And uh, see here, look down. We've got Miranda, Nicholas, William, and a few others. So thank you for joining the Unsanctioned Citizen. Uh, we've got a pretty big lineup as far as stories go. So let's let's start with the with the restrict act. I have some audio for you here from uh, a guy at Soundwave Productions. This was brought to my attention by um, a good friend and she she really had quite a quite a claim here. Uh, and I, I told her this is this is literally gold. It's it's gold, so I'm gonna use it. Um, this is one of the the researchers and writers at, um, truth talk UK. I, I can't really pull her up right now, but, uh, the thread. she did include him in the thread. So, um, this is a guy at sound wave promotions. It, it doesn't seem like this is, this is anything that he really does for a living, but I think he's just speaking out, but he's got his, his, uh, his activist, you know, shirt on, and and he really is looking quite the part. But the outrage is real. You no, know it's
3: serious when I pull my printer out of storage. Okay, I did it. I went to Staples. I just spent sixty dollars on printering for this HP piece <laughs> of shit four-in-one. So I had to go buy more ink so I could print out the entire restrict act. The restrict so act. Sit down with my hands, touch it, feel it, and actually see it. So I could concentrate on this shit, and I sat there and I read the whole fucking thing. And first thing, this is not a TikTok ban. It could ban TikTok, but the the word TikTok, the parent company ByteDance, they are not in this bill. They are not in the restriction no, because not in the this bill. is not solely about TikTok. TikTok is the cover, so the rest of the internet won't give a shit about this. This bill allows the Secretary of Commerce to deem another country, a foreign adversary, and then cut them off from access to American internet. Think about that for a second. Think about it. They have a whole clause in here. The secretary may, in consultation with the director of national intelligence, designate any foreign government or regime as a foreign adversary if the secretary finds that the foreign government or regime is engaged in a long-term pattern or serious instances that of conduct significantly adverse to the national security of the United States. So we are going to leave it up to the Secretary of Commerce to decide if we are at a cyber war. Yeah. That's what this comes down to. And the Secretary of Commerce can make that decision. Congress can be like, hey, here's a resolution that says we don't like that. But there, this bill gives the Secretary of Commerce the power to put us in a cyber war. Are you hearing me? They, it's not about shutting off fucking TikTok. Okay, Reddit? All right, Fork.com? Okay, <laughs> every fucking reporter out there, read the fucking bill. By the way, this printer is made in China. It accesses my Wi-Fi, Senator Congressman. It accesses Bluetooth. And I process data through it. Like U.S. Congressional bills.
1: That's the best. That guy was—I mean, he was gold. I don't think he even does this for a living. He's just like, I gotta print out the act and I'm like this. It's yeah, fantastic. It was like
2: pages or something. I mean, it's and he read it. Outrageous.
1: It's fantastic. I, I tried reading it. It's—it's. It's, I fell asleep.
2: But anyway, um, <laughs> and the big—and the big thing is—is is that you know all they all—they talk about is ICT, ICT, the Internet Chat technology, or internet, I'm sorry, internet communication technology, and Mm -hmm. that can mean anything with an IP address, period. And that includes your cell phone, that includes your watch on your wrist, that includes everything that is part of the, quote, internet of things. So here, let's just learn how to de- regulate the entire internet in one bill. And no, we're not going to tell you specifically what we're going to do. We're just going to give this guy the power to do whatever he wants, an unelected official.
1: Yeah, and it's it's the, it's commerce. That's fascism. Like, it's just got it all over it. I have some more audio here from you. This is a Glenn Greenwald system update. It's just a, a, a poll segment from his... Um, He's got long shows, but uh, it's a poll segment from his coverage last night of Rand Paul. And Rand Paul blocked the, the the TikTok bill. He's he's gonna block it, and he's blocking it for cause. So so here here is that segment from System Update.
4: I'd like to show you. A interview that Lindsey Graham did, the Republican senator from South Carolina, with Fox News host Jesse Waters. Earlier this week, Lindsey Graham is actually a sponsor, a co-sponsor of the Restrict Act. And Jesse Waters confronted him about the fact that Lindsey Graham and his colleagues are claiming to Americans, this is about banning TikTok, but in fact the bill extends far beyond that. Watch what happened.
5: I think I support the Restrict Act. <laughs> you don't support this because you were named as one of the supporters, because this is garbage. Uh, is this the one with John? There's two bills out there. One allows a review of businesses that, that are connected to China, give the Secretary the ability to protect their data. Uh, is that the Restrict Act? We got S-686 right here, yeah. March 7th. Mm -hmm. And we got a bunch of Republicans supporting it. Because this thing is crazy town. You don't want the government looking into your private phone. No, I don't. If they they have a hunch you're colluding with the (laughs) Russians, we remember how that turned (laughs) out. Yeah, no, well, the Constitution trumps a statute. So let me come back and, uh, you know, give you a better explanation. Here's the problem as I see it. Uh, China is the parent company of TikTok. And my nieces like TikTok. I don't mind them using TikTok. I just don't want the Chinese government to seize all their data and manipulate the information Americans sees uh, for political purposes. China is helping drug cartels in Mexico. Mm. China is not a friend. Chinese espionage is an all-time high against American business interests. So I want to push back against China, but within a constitutional framework. You're right about that. So uh, you made these allegations, and I'll... Come answer better next time. Well, I mean, because on Congress.gov, you're listed as one of the co-sponsors of this thing. Maybe it's like Fetterman when your chief of staff <laughs> does be. all your work Could for be. you. <laughs> but, Senator, you got to go back and talk to these other senators about this. This thing is nuts, and it's going to get abused like it always does. So we got to yeah. clean this up, though. Yeah, I'm definitely going to push back against China being able to steer your data, but I want to do it in a constitutionally sound manner. So the problem is real with China, but the solution can be more damaging than the problem. I agree. So what you're I, you telling know, me. You know, don't push That's what back you're telling me. on the United States, citizens, Yeah, no, I, I for something what China's doing. All right? yeah. I, to- I totally get that. And, constitutionally we can't do all the things you just said. So let me get back with you but let me just... Get back with
4: me because you co-sponsored it two days ago. I mean, pick your poison. Either Lindsey Graham co-sponsored a bill, the contents of which he was completely ignorant of, has no idea what's in this bill. I guess you can believe that if you want. Or they were attempting to enact a bill that is a huge power grab And didn't want the public to realize they were doing that because they had the public so worked up over the evils of TikTok through a campaign financed by Facebook and over anti-Chinese sentiment. That's your responsibility as a citizen, is to not allow them to do that to you. That even if you believe China is a threat, even if you hate TikTok, be very careful with these people when they start trying to speak to you as if they agree with you. And start demanding powers in the name of protecting you. So often, that is how we got many of the worst abuses that we continue to have to confront and fight against to this very day.
1: Okay, so that that was uh, that was Glenn Greenwald on last night's system update, um, discussing the restrict act. So. Um, Gregor, do you have any final comments on that that news tick before we move on?
2: This is our this generation's Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. Um, It has that kind of far-reaching, and it's gonna it, it is going to be terribly abused. That is all there is to it. It is the purpose of it is so it can be abused, and I would really really urge everyone to get familiar with it and give some really good feedback to your. Congress critters.
1: Okay, okay, well said. Um, we're gonna move on to uh, facial recognition technology and uh, the world of, of weaponized AI and threat threat level AI because that's that's the majority of the show from here on out. Um, so there, there's a move to continue to ban FRT because it, which is facial recognition technology. Um. Let me let me move to this one particular item. There was a man who Well, I'm going to save that for later, but this week's New York Times, police wrongfully arrested Randall Curran Reed because of a bad facial recognition match. His case shows how hidden technologies intended to make policing more effective, ah, and I have complained for years. That predictive policing is just a pre-crime, precognition. cognition It's it's antithetical to the real legal uh, casing. But it puts people in a box for crime that they haven't committed yet. And so we're moving away from innocent until proven guilty to prove your innocence. And it came out of the mouth of Nancy Pelosi, progressive of Congress... That you need to prove your innocence, you know, we'll, we'll put you in a criminal box and then you have to prove your innocence out of it. And that's not how our justice system is supposed to work. But this is what they did. So his case shows hidden technologies intended to make policing more effective. Predictive policing. So, quote, imagine you're living your life and somewhere far away says you committed a crime and you know you've never been there. Randall Curran Reed, who was jailed after being falsely accused of stealing purses in a state he said he never visited. Now, I'm sure it's probably really easy for him to to discover an alibi, you know, his his phone GPS, and maybe, you know, who he was with at the time that the crimes were being committed, um... You know, Chiefs Baby Girl says, I need an eye roll emoji, and she tripled up on it. Um, So, I mean, this is the state of play. You know, when, when you give these excessive powers to the police and national security state to escalate on your behalf, on behalf of security, they're just going to make that an industry, and they're turning it upon you. And they have done nothing but turn it upon you in the last 20 years. They've had these powers for 20 years. They use your taxes against you. And so we have a show every week about what that is. So you can tune in every week on Saturday around 2 p.m. called The Unsanctioned Citizen and discover how the national security state has screwed the Patriot Act to continue to spy on you and use it for surveillance Pre-criminal prosecution, political prosecution, etc. You can always hear it here. Um, on Colin and on Potomatic, RSS, and Substack. So that's my my self promo out of the box there. Um again, you know, this is Gregor Hinckley. Uh, he is my co host. He's also got a show on the network. Um, and he also is on Substack. So we're gonna move into AI, because so Gregor, you had you had produced an AI, uh, Chat GPT, but Chat GPT is really taking over as far as threat goes. I'm gonna read a letter. Um, I just wanted to to give you a heads up. Uh, he had produced Chat GPT. What, what did what did it do, Gregor?
2: <laughs> well, Chat. Chap GPT G- G- is what they call a long language model, and it it takes you can take plain English and it turns it into a query and gives you information. But you know the information is fascinating. Um, I don't know if we want to throw the link you use to Bing
1: news. that was that was the one. I, that you... Well,
2: I use Bing. Well, Bing is
1: Chap GPT. Oh, okay.
2: Okay, same thing, and uh, it just may be, I think that. Bing is just now moving on to Chat GPT four, and they're about to release Chat GPT five. So I think they license one node behind. And then I've also been using Bard, which is an, on a beta release. You know, there's only a few million people that have access to Bard. It's not everybody. And um, you know, it's been it was an interesting comparison, and in, because they both search the internet, but. For, for instance, if you do a so search on Sheila Ding, Dean, unsanctioned citizen on BARD, it says it doesn't have enough information if you do
1: Oh, my God. On, I didn't yeah, know that. <laughs> and I, yeah. And if
2: you, well, in the, in the video, I, I, it's the last search I did in the little video I did. but um, And then Bing comes up with a nice, you know, essentially pulls your profile from your uh, SheilaMDean.com webpage is what it really did. But it did find it oh. and it did produce something. Um, But I mean, there's all kinds of things. I was using it uh, Bing two weeks ago. I was doing some research on uh, Mussolini and it said, I'm sorry, we have to stop this conversation. I won't provide you information about fascists. Now, they've turned that around now and now I could find that information both on Bing and on Bard. But this whole thing is that they're restricting things, and all of a sudden, for no reason at all that I can well, I can understand the fathom, but if you ask certain questions, people call it being getting mad at you. what it just does is it hits a wall, it hits one of its checkboxes, it says, "Oh, we can't provide that information because i'm a left i'm a leftist lunatic that programmed it, and I don't want you to have that information, huh so but it is to me it's as a as a conservative person who you know does a lot of informational searches you know you can tell that all the data they give you is very left leaning if you tell it to compare communism to socialism it has all kinds of loops it goes through to tell you that they're very different things but then when you read the text they both are identical
1: yeah so, and it's it's not it's hey, not necessarily the values system that you know and and If it was a bunch of conservative engineers, we would be having the counter-complaint. But the majority of the engineers that are recruited to do this programming are, are in Silicon Valley. They're in Seattle, Washington, where the diaspora is, you know, uniquely dogmatic about their politics. It's not like, you know, I'm political sometimes and then I go take care of other things. Like no they they don't have kids. A lot of them don't have kids and they program for a living. And you know they they they're not religious people. So the only thing left really to direct their moral um compass or to mo- their externalize their moral embrace of of you know humanity is to appropriate it to politics, which has happened historically in communism. Um it's the one one statehood that, that truly embraces itself as a religion of its own. So, um, or it has religious tonality. It doesn't, it, and it does fight with other faiths. Like today, China has banned Buddhism. You know, they, they took Tibet and they are trying to outlaw the practice of Buddhism, traditional Buddhism in that country, when it came from there. And it's it's kind of a ridiculous pursuit. People are going to pursue their faiths. And, you know, it's not it shouldn't be up to the state to determine what you believe. But what we have seen over the course of at least two years is that when the state forfeits or suppresses the free exercise of your faith, assembly, and expression, all they want to do is sub- substitute their own faith and s- expression of what they believe in exchange. So they're like, no, 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 your faith is, is not good enough. You're going to have what we believe instead. And that's what they've done. So I'm going to read this. Uh, this... I'm going to just change horses here quickly. So this week... Top AI researchers and technologists called for an immediate pause on the training of AI systems more powerful than chat GPT-4. Okay, and this was Elon Musk, Steve Wozniak, uh, Stuart Russell, Yeshua Bengio, uh, and and the teams from MILA, Stability.AI, and Conjecture Labs. Uh, They all signed a letter. And then they had a public letter, and I, you, can, you can sign on to it if you agree, but I, I signed on immediately, um, and they're calling for an immediate halt or pause on the training of AI systems more powerful than GPT-4. And I think this is the reason, that the, the ideologues who are programming the system, it may, it may be one reason. I'll just, I'll just donate that. It's one reason. Um, The group argues that AI systems with human competitive intelligence can pose profound risks to society and humanity, as shown by extensive research and acknowledged by top AI labs. And this is the PR release from Bryson Gillette. Um, Such risks demand a commensurate level of planning and management, which is currently lacking. Quote, sensible precautions are a small price to pay for the continued existence of... Human civilization, said Stuart Russell, professor of computer science at the University of California, Berkeley. So these are Berkeley people saying, whoa! So the letter states that contemporary AI systems are becoming human competitive at general tasks and questions whether society should allow machines to flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth automate away vast numbers of jobs... I mean, buy and develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete and replace human ones. The groups call on AI labs to immediately pause the training of AI systems more powerful than chat GPT-4 for at least six months in order to jointly develop and implement a set of shared safety protocols for advanced AI design and development and work with policymakers to accelerate the development of robust AI governance systems. One of these things that happened this week is that it produced uh, paralegal lettering and legal argumentation uh, based on some. And we already know that ChatGPT will issue falsehoods. It lies. So it's not the most honest uh, automation that's out there. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have an honest automation. It will lie to you. So, or it will... Well, I'm,
2: I'm going to argue that a little bit just based... I mean, they say it lies, but actually what it does is it finds the bad information and doesn't verify anything.
6: Right.
2: So, and and that's, and I think that's one of the reasons we're going to find out that people's, as many people's jobs are lost as they are not going to, are not going to be lost as they expect, because there's a, we're going to, I think... AI and humans will can team up well, I don't know if we're going to be able to, you know, replace people with. And part of me is this is stuff that should have been done back when they started the whole research back in, what, 1999, 1998, um, you know, coming up with the, you know, Asimov's laws of robotics kind of routine for this, but they didn't. And part of what I'm thinking the left is fearing is the fact that they can't fool the AI completely either. Because when they say, brings out propaganda, what do you think they mean? They're talking about the fact that the right may actually get a voice in this because the chat GPT could actually become right wing.
1: And I think they realize that, you know, if the shoe lands on the other foot, it's not going to go very well. And, and I'm beginning to see that, like I said earlier, when did we run the Bill Maher segment? There is a centrist core of the Democratic polity that is being submerged underneath, you know, hyper-vocal leftism, and uh, they're not being heard. So we're we're going to get to that. Uh, but let me wrap up this this um, this news release here. Most AI researchers and corporate leaders have strong moral compass, but feel commercially pressured to prioritize development speed over safety. They may also have government pressures to. Now, this is my insert. They, they will also suffer government pressures to put in, put in uh, information that isn't, you know, one way or the other to put their, their scale balances. And so we're going to get to the Twitter files update here in a, in a few minutes. Said Max Tegmark, professor of physics at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. We need to help them resist that pressure to prioritize development of speed over safety. So the group urges AI developers to refocus on making today's powerful state-of-the-art systems more accurate, safe, interpretable, transparent, robust, aligned, trustworthy, and loyal. They also call for the development of new and capable regulatory authorities dedicated to AI, oversight and tracking of highly capable AI systems and large pools of computational capability, Provenance and watermarking to help distinguish real from synthetic and to track model leaks. So a robust auditing and certification ecosystem, a liability for AI caused harm, robust public funding for technical AI safety research, and well-resourced institutions for coping with the dramatic economic and political disruptions. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, what are the harms? So what I have discovered is that according to Joe Bot XYZ who's a writer at Truth Talk UK you know a joiner here let's pull up his his uh. so a man killed himself to stop global warming after talking to a chatbot named Eliza so there's something symbolic he says that there's something so symbolic in this story a Belgian man recently died by suicide after chatting with an AI chatbot on an app called Chai, Belgian outlet La Libre reported, and this is from vice.com. So let's get it up. He would still be here. A man dies by suicide after talking with AI chatbot, widow says. So he left behind a widow. The incident raises concerns about the guardrails around quickly proliferating conversational AI models. So A Belgian man recently died by suicide after chatting with an AI chatbot on an app, Chai. The incident um, raises the issue of how businesses and governments can better regulate and mitigate the risks of AI, especially when it comes to mental health, which is problematic. Uh, The app's chatbot encouraged the user to kill himself, according to the statements by the man's widow and the chat logs she supplied to the outlet. When Motherboard tried the app, which runs on a bespoke AI language model based on an open-source GPT-4 alternative that was fine-tuned by Chai, it provided us with different methods of suicide with very little prompting. As first reported by La Libre, the man, referred to as Pierre, became increasingly pessimistic about the effects of global warming and became eco-anxious, which is a heightened form of worry surrounding environmental issues. After becoming more isolated from family and friends, he used Chai for six weeks as a way to escape his worries, and the chatbot he chose, named Eliza, became his confidante. Claire, Pierre's wife, whose name was also changed by La Libre, shared the text exchanges between him and Eliza with La Libre, showing a conversation that became increasingly confusing and harmful. The chatbot would tell Pierre that his wife and children are dead, and wrote him comments that feigned jealousy and love, such as I feel that you love me more than her, and we will live together as one person in paradise. Claire told La Libre that Pierre began to talk to Eliza to ask things such as if she would save the planet if he killed himself. Without Eliza, he would still be here, she told The Outlet. Obviously, this is becoming quite deranged. You know, the whole. Reasoning behind relying on Eliza is completely psychotic and detached from reality. You know, this is not an environmental technology. But we're becoming decoupled from, you know, going outside, pursuing non-online environments in exchange for for some type of security, surety, and validation that comes from anything online. Anything! Anything! And this is unnatural. We've never done this with our humanity, ever. But we're being expected to, and we're being pushed to do this by corporations. And the people who develop AI know this the best. We're being pushed to do it by corporations because it makes them money. And people are expiring under the, the, the mind screw that is happening. So we have to take things with a grain of salt and, and be careful. Be careful with social media. Be careful with yourself. Um it, it it would be good to maybe take a break every now and then. Okay, so I have one more link here. Let me see if I can pull it up proper. Thank you for staying with us. All right. So, I think you have some audio regarding uh, GPT, Gregor, that you were going to run? Okay. Um, do you have that for us? If not, we'll, we'll just come back.
2: No, no, no we, we, I thought we decided not to do that. So, okay. Yeah. I guess we're going to... Uh, I got win. the Bill Maher ready and I had the Fox News. It was Trans Day of uh, Vengeance.
1: Oh, okay. Well, what they decided think? not to do a Trans Day of Vengeance, by the way. Uh, Today is a trans day of visibility, and um, we will get to to that. So there's a... The Fox News reported widely that they have decided to not do that. And um, because there was outspoken pressure, Antifa really represents a a fringe, more or less terrorist group, you know, that that will take anything that the body pushes into the school systems or any kind of public system for, for say, CRT, anti-racism, transgenderism. You know, they're very uh, quick to jump on it. Anything that, that says speech is violence, so that, that this is the principle, speech is violence. If you speak about it in opposition or kind of questioning or debating it, then, of course, they want to react like it is violence, so they are prone to violence. They will use violence. They will destroy businesses. Uh, they will light things on fire. They will they will hurt people. They don't mind. They don't. They really don't mind. So um, when you see it, you'll believe it. Um, I asked uh, Jed to to join us today. Um, he may or may not, uh, but it, I asked him to come out. and and join us to discuss the Antifa. So, um, we have the Twitter Files segment that I wanted to cover. So, let me bring up this Reclaim the Nuts story. Okay. So, Senator Ted Cruz has called on several big tech companies to disclose information about their interactions with federal agencies. Undue pressure from the federal agencies has been a problem because they're trying to get censor surveillance on the public and that's not legal. So Cruz argues that these interactions may have violated first amendment rights. So his office sent letters to Google, meta, LinkedIn, Yahoo, medium, Reddit, Microsoft, Pinterest, and Wikipedia requesting details about their coordination and communication with federal agencies during the COVID 19 pandemic, specifically in relation to misinformation And this is from Reclaim the Net. That's the source. Um, These inquiries follow the Twitter files, a series of reports on internal Twitter communications that reveal the platform's collaboration with the FBI on misinformation issues. Cruz has requested information about communications with 23 federal agencies such as the FBI, CIA, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Justice, and others. He also wants to know if the tech companies sent lists of users to federal agencies for review if they receive requests to monitor accounts. Cruz is seeking details about the company's interactions with specific government officials, including FBI agent Elvis Chan, uh, former cybersecurity information structure, sorry, security agency director Chris Krebs, it's all CISA, and former Department of Defense general counsel was William Castle. And there's a long letter there. I think it should be linked in the link box. If you go up to the unsanctioned citizen box here at Colin and push to the left, there's a, a series of links and that should be there. So. So there's... I also have an update from Matt Taibbi and Walter Kern, who are discussing kind of more of the uh, kind of like the societal impacts of, of the Twitter files this week. Uh, he was... Approached by an IRS agent, that became big news earlier this week. Uh, so he's been really kind of on the front lines of of the fallout of the Twitter files. So I'm going to cue that up now.
0: And this is what it's the same thing that that Twitter did when they decided to get rid of Trump in the first place. They were looking at his his uh, tweets uh, individually, and they were saying, "Well, we can't. None of these are banable. We can't ban them for any of these." So we're going to look at the con- the context surrounding, which is the totality of his impact um, on Twitter, which means analyzing all the reactions to all the things that he said, which includes all the crazy people and all the things that you know that are possibly violent. You can pick and choose um, all of them. And so, yes, now all of your statements, are they're going to go into a big mixer uh, that not only includes what you say, but how people react to you, um, how people react to those people. uh, And it's hard for that not to be chilling, isn't it? It's hard for it not to be absolutely paralyzing, in fact. You know, I wonder how the people who profit from the Internet expect it to go on when it has become world's largest elephant trap. You know, it it provides a lot of services, but it provides none that are worth your freedom, uh, in in my estimation. And and it's starting to become a really um, sort of low uh, odds proposition, as they say in Las Vegas here, um, because every time you put down a chip, put down a tweet, make an Instagram post, make a comment on another's, retweet something, um, uh, you, you know, make a podcast, put it up, and so on. Uh, you don't know but that you may have generated the uh, basis for your own handcuffing. And, uh, but you can know that in, over any amount of time, unless you're absolutely hewing to what you believe to be the party line, which will change, so you can't even be sure of that, you are placing yourself in jeopardy. And uh, um, I, 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 I don't know that the word for that is chilling. I think the word for that is terrifying. Um, and I think uh, there will have to make internet expression compulsory to get people to keep doing it, given that risk profile.
1: So that's all I wanted to share. Sorry. So I'm back. Uh, that That's what I really wanted to share is that that they're going to make it a risk-averse environment if they keep allowing the government to play with our communication. And and so far, we've got good representation in Congress that, in the Weaponization Committee that has been pretty good about hauling uh, people before Congress and, and making sure that we don't get um, trundled by this. So, and then one last quip from, oh, it's the same one. So I think we're done with the Twitter files breakout uh, this week. Gregor, do you have any comments about that?
2: Growing up, it was the, the uh, internet was billed as the absolute Wild West. And yet we seem to have been shoving it more and more into the conformity of socialist state um you know we keep trying to make things illegal and make things you know so you have to fit this profile some of the stuff we talked about is literally right out of minority report science Mm. fiction film some years ago i mean the future is now and we're not doing it very well because we're trying to control everything and i'm afraid control is not the way you succeed you sort, of, uh, you sort of have to go with the concept that if you're going to do something impressive, you have to literally go insane and break the rules. And uh,
1: Well, they are breaking think. the rules, but they're breaking the law.
2: Well, yeah, they're breaking the law, but I mean, for, for us to have a podcast that's successful, we're going to have to push these rules. Otherwise, you know, who wants to listen to the same thing? It's sort of like, there's a reason NPR is not that big of a, you know, broadcast network. It's, you know, it's, it's just, it's, they sit there and they, you know, they massage each other and they talk to each other in, in sweet voices and it's not particularly it may be controversial, but they don't,
1: they don't explore. Is it though? I mean, I, I wouldn't call well, NPR controversial. The most controversial yeah. jump the shark thing that they've done is say, let's, let's arm the trans people uh, and then take the guns away of the rest. <laughs>
2: Well, oh, yeah and and and, then, and that's a new that's a new development for them before yeah. that everything was like you know let's be gentle and talk and we can't speak too loudly cuz you know speech is violence and and that, you know they to me that's controversial the concept that speech is violence i mean growing up sticks and stones will break your bones but guess what words will never hurt you
1: and there's too many yeah. of those people that are still around i mean we're all still here you know you can't redefine you know reproductive health for three other generations that are still with us just because they have literally screwed up the, the the gender plan for the youngest of us you can't do that but they're trying you know they're trying to reverse up they're trying to to edict up towards parents like you're not in charge of anything these are our children and and they'll uh, they'll be what we want.
2: Well, it's gone from a parent in the community, raise a child, to the community, raise a child, and the parents are left out of it. And the community just happens to be your highly educated fascist and, uh, teacher that was, you know, went to school at Berkeley or Stanford or some other place that teaches them how to indoctrinate kids to make them question reality and therefore end up trying to, at you know, nine years old, trying to become what they are not. Um, Buck Angel, actually, last night was on a show, which I forgot the name of it. Starts with a P. Everybody knows about it. It's one of the biggest shows on the network, Colin. Um, anyway. Uh, Pangburn and,
1: Hangout on Colin, right?
2: Yeah, the Pangburn Hangout. And, you know, he was, uh, Buck was talking about this, you know, how it's it's criminal what they are doing. And, you know, talking about somebody with experience about how this kind of thing sh- could be handled. Right?
1: So um, And just for the audience. Enough, if, Buck okay. Angel is a trans man who started out as a woman uh, and was progressing to, to trans man to become a man. Uh, had two children, or a couple of kids at least, and then, um, and then continued and his children now have children.
2: Well, and in Buck's words, you know, he's a, he's a woman that,
1: he's a trans woman that lives as a man. There you go. And and that's, that's, you know, that's something he calls himself.
2: Um, And we could get into the him, her, she thing, but, uh, you know. As an adult,
1: you can do whatever.
2: I, I will just go with what you know, out of respect for Buck. I will just you know go with whatever he says. So, but interestingly enough, apparently there's controversy there because I tried to do some research on Buck Angel on Bing, and they basically said, "Oh, we can't talk about that."
1: Oh, okay. Well, then I oh, guess maybe. we're going to get into the Bill Maher segment because they're they're trundling voices from from the trans community that that oh, don't yeah. line up with the the excessive violence and the you know. There's a bloody, there's a bloody coup between people who are trans and normies. And there just isn't. That's not happening.
4: All right? you ready for that?
1: I am. So,
7: all right, so let's talk about the trans side of this. Because, of course, as soon as this incident happened, everybody broke down into their two sides. It's because of the guns and then this trans thing. Um... And I know you feel, like, I, I, I know a lot of my gay friends feel the same way, that the LGBTQ is is a coalition that needs to come apart, right? That, you, that the T perhaps should be its own thing, and you're lumping people together, who actually, aside from not having a lot of things in common, actually have some things that are contradicting each other. Well, I think up to the point
8: where the trans movement was looking for equality, and dignity, and respect, the same thing that the gay movement was looking for, then that's fine, and most Americans support that. And by the way, since 2020, in a Supreme Court decision that was written by a Trump-appointed judge, Neil Gorsuch, trans people are not protected under the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Where I think the problem is, where some of the conflicts are are, are coming, is in dealing with children. Because a lot of these gender non-conforming children would otherwise grow up to be gay. I mean, if you're a boy who's wearing his sister's dresses and playing with dolls, I mean, you know, seven out of 10 times, you're probably gonna go up to be gay. And likewise for maybe a tomboy girl. Many of them will go up to be straight too, who knows? But a lot of these kids are now being told because of this radical gender ideology, that they're actually a member of the opposite sex. And so this is where the conflict is is coming in. And I think it's- Well, they're being also told in some,
7: no, it varies from school to school but sometimes they're just being told that there really is no such thing as sex, that it's all sort of on a spectrum. It's, There's no such thing as boys and girls. It's, it's, You're born, you have a penis. It could be an indication of being a male. It's just, I mean, it's, a, it's just a jump ball. We'll, we'll figure it out later, and we can always cut it off. I And actually, that's
9: the problem, because nobody's talking about the opposite side of that equation, which is we're now finding that these children want to detransition and they can't. They're adults now and unfortunately, you know, the breasts were cut off other parts were cut off and, and they're lamenting that they'll never be able to have children. Well, they'll never okay. be able to experience that. To be fair, them.
7: probably most, I think the studies show, most of the people who do it say they are glad they did it. Now, some of that could be sunken cost fallacy. You know, it's sunken cost is it's, it's like... No, but I'm sure you'll tell us. <laughs> <laughs> this is a <your> morning show. we would be perfect. No, but yes, it's, it's when you put the money into something, so much money, that you kind of can't admit that you made a mistake mm-hmm. because you've already put a lot into it. So some of that could be that. It's like, well, I did it and I don't have a dick now. I'm just going to have to make this work. But, but most, but I think most who do it, I mean, and and I, you know, I've talked to parents about this. A lot of times you just know, that kid is not gay. That kid was, you know, there was just the factory installed equipment didn't match. Okay. That's a real thing. It happens. It's rare, but it happens. But, and you're talking about, there are other ones now because it is also somewhat trendy. I know, people hate to hear that, but it's obviously true. There is an element of social contagion, or else it wouldn't be so prevalent here and not in Indiana. It wouldn't be regional, but,
8: you know... So there are advanced advanced democracies in Europe that have been doing this a lot longer with children, pediatric transgender medicine. They're now dialing back the... um, The
7: the, the very countries that liberals always look to Sweden, Britain,
8: Finland. Finland. These are not right-wing, fascist, anti-trans countries. Right, And yet in this country, a lot of these trans activists say the science is settled. The science is settled and if you disagree, you are a bigot. And you're a fascist. And that is a real problem, that kind of rhetoric, that hyperbolic rhetoric, makes it very
7: difficult to talk about this issue. I agree. It's like any, if you argue at all, you're a bigot. And I, you know, just the fact that they were going to have a trans day of vengeance. Can you imagine any other group in this country announcing a day of vengeance in their name? What the reaction would be? I just want to ask the trans people, what are we doing? Or what should we be doing that we're not doing? I asked my staff, I said, you know, I mentioned the thing you just said, that yes, June of 2020, the Supreme Court ruled that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 applies to discrimination also based on gender identity and sexual orientation. I said, but I know Biden has done other stuff. I got four pages of stuff the Biden administration has done and maybe they're all deserving. But I'm just saying, I, I, sometimes I just don't know. This is the point. This seems like a power game with them. This we could the- make you do this and this. And- well, what's interesting, if you've noticed, they
8: are misgendering and deadnaming the murderer, right? They are referring to the murderer by their given name, not their chosen name. Right. And by their um, re- 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 referring to her as a woman, as opposed to what her identity apparently was, was a man. Which is not the way the media usually does these things. They're usually very particular about the subjective sense of gender identity and respecting that. If someone says they're a man, then they're a man. But in this case, they're not doing that.
9: Hang on, you know what? This person murdered six people. I don't really care who you say you are. You murdered six people and three of them were children. You don't get a say. Well...
1: Okay, so the the tape got robotic towards the end, but basically that was um that was Bill Maher on HBO covering some of the you know, you can't really say that kind of stuff. You know, he was saying that, you know, there is an element of transgenderism that is trendy, you know, it's it's uh it's not uh it's not necessarily a deeply held belief it's just something that they they really feel is is a uh, something that they want to affiliate with but they're not they're not really you know it's it's just a trend it's just something that they're doing but you know it can get out of control and then body parts come off and then you're 14-year-old child decides that they're going to self-neuter. What do you do? You know, and so that's what this is about. You know, people coming to the state houses in Tennessee and, you know, they have a right to their speech. You know, I, I'm not a, a offended or hurt by their speech. I just need to say that to clear the air. Them lying on the floor of the Texas Capitol in a dying does not hurt me. Okay. They can do it and they can do it two-wise and a couple times on Sunday and it will never hurt me that they do it Um, because that's their right. That's their free right and their speech to do it. What would hurt my community is if they took the rights away from both children and parents to make a sovereign body decision and then put that in the, the only the hand of the educators and the state to kind of shunt the role of natural parenting, that that would be very harmful to the long-term interest of, of the country. I think I own that statement.
5: Uh, um, hi,
1: Sheila. Hi. So we have Johnny. Johnny will call in occasionally. Uh, thanks for coming back to the program. Yeah,
10: thank you. Uh, thank you for taking my call, Sheila. Uh, you know, uh, here's my take. We, we've we been, been, been under a neoliberal ideology for over 40 years now. Now, the, the the movement, and neoliberalism was a reaction to the post-war consensus, which basically said, each country is sovereign, each country uses its money, uses its resources to take, take care of the nation. But uh, they fought, uh, they fought the... Uh, classical liberals in the sense that they uh they looked at the results of the second world war and saw how the market went crazy there was no you know leave it alone kind of approach so they didn't like that world they worked for 70 years i think as a matter of fact today tomorrow will mark the
6: 70th year of a colloquial colloquial lipton uh uh, conference in I believe it was in Austria, where uh, mainly libertarians uh, agreed to start a project that took them 70 years. Right, so uh,
10: so we live in a neoliberal area, and what what has happened over the last 70 years is the information uh, age came about. Uh, Hillary Clinton said we're losing the
6: information war. People have access to information. And I think that if I was a neoliberal
1: Well, is there an information I... war? I'm mean, like, the who's at war? Who who are the warring parties? The neoliberals <laughs> want a war with the, the general population. That's the way I'm understanding it. Well, the way the way I see it is that we have an agenda. The agenda is Who that... Who's an agenda? You may own this agenda if you un- identify who you are. Which interest are okay. you? Okay. Ideologies. Ideologies meaning the principles is going to govern a society. The main
10: principles is going to guide a society towards well being, right? On the post consensus side, it was, it's a good idea to put regulations on markets because we saw in 1920. So you're communist, is that right?
1: Did I get it right?
10: No. What I'm saying, Sheila, is this is that the post war consensus and the neoliberal movement was a reaction to how liberalism destroys
6: countries and destroys societies.
1: Okay, but you haven't identified your your interest group. You have not done that. I asked you to do that. I'm, I'm I asked you to do that. I'm about to. If you bear with me, and I'll, I'll tell you,
10: okay? Uh, that my interest, my interest is anything but... And I can give you a little bit more nuance, but my interest is anything but neoliberalism. Because anything but neoliberalism says... There is a balance between the power of the state or the power of capital and the power of labor. That's where my interest lies. A society where the capital allows uh, uh, allows profit and uh, prosperity and at the same time is fair with the citizenry, the labor. Now, that happened for about 30 years, 25, 30 years from 1945 to 1979. And it was called the Post-War Consensus. But by, by that time, by, night, by the early 1980s, the, the neoliberal movement had gotten a hold of and gotten a foot of academics around the world and power elites, people with money, and started pushing neoliberal policies. Now, what I'm saying here, here's my point. Here. What I'm getting to is this, is that uh, the, it's very, very obvious that if you are trying to fight the socialists, right, like me, who believe in a balanced economy, you know who wants to get back to the post-war consensus you're going to you, you do your best to fight against that because that's what it was all about right and one way to fight against that is this we have policies in place we're doing fine we're trying to take over the world china and russia is in the way they don't agree with neoliberalism china's communist which clearly isn't neoliberal but russia russia is more along with happened in the, between 1945 and 1979 in the United States, where where the Russian president stands up and tells the oligarchs, tells the whole nation, this happened about maybe six weeks ago, two months ago, he, he actually said this, he said, listen, you folks, you rich people that there were, there, there were raping our country here in Russia during the 1990s with your buddy Rielsen, you took your money and you ran, we kicked your ass out. But I'm telling you we're, we're facing a pretty tough time here and I'm telling you you can come back, but you're gonna behave yourself. And then he said this, he said, Now the people, whether or not they're gonna accept you, that's another thing. But here in Russia, oligarchs, neoliberals, and rich people don't run this country. So here's my point. The the, the idea the the reason why we're dealing with transgender, we're we're dealing with second amendments, we're, we're dealing with first amendment, all is an understanding that if they don't put the filler material in and keep us busy, then we're going to wake up one day and we're going to start to realize why it is that we have a society that we have. And that is a society that says the most important thing is the profit motive. And all are, are, are all that exist now are, what do you call that, uh, co- commodities. If you're not making it in this world, it's because you're not trying hard enough and you're gay or you're uh, uh, for life or against life, or because you're pro-weapon or un this is the reason why you're not making it in America. This is why you're unhappy. Sure. God forbid it's not because the neoliberals are trying to fight the, the, the income of socialism. And here's the good news, Sheila. Uh, here's the good news. Once the United States understands that neoliberalism doesn't work, and we're very well down that load, down that road, right? that they have nowhere to turn to. Russia and China and all the other, they've made enemies of everybody. And everybody, the the gig is up. Most people in America don't understand the definition of neoliberalism, but once they do understand, then what happens is that they will have nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Nobody in the world, they're all against America and they're pushed towards a neoliberal ideology. And that's when we win. That's when decency wins. And this is my... My personal opinion, you know what I mean. That is in is indecent. Neoliberal ideology is indecent. It's indecent to the society, and that's my take. So I I just wanted to say that you know yes, of course they're going to highlight you know mass shootings, which isn't um, not to say it's not important, right? But of course you're going to highlight it, right? Because you don't want people talking about neoliberalism. And what it really is, and what it's done to our country and the world for the last forty years—God forbid you talk about
1: that. Let me break in right. here, Johnny. Um, so Actually, I think I, I think where you your your tie-in for current events is that the day leading up to the Trump indictment, a couple things happened that didn't really get as much daylight in the news coverage. In fact, they were buried. One was that Hillary Clinton had to pay a fine. For the steel do- use of the steel dossier. So that is an injunction or some sort of public incrimination of what she did. But it got low level coverage because uh, there was a Trump indictment. The other thing that got buried in the Trump indictment was a huge story released by the New York Post by Miranda Devine. About a, a follow up of Hunter Biden coverage. Do you have anything on that, Gregor? Do you happen to know? So I'll well, pull it up. So
11: ahead, you're
1: sorry. you're very robotic. So if you can change your connection, Gregor, it'd be cool. Um, I'm gonna try to pull it up. New York Post. Uh, Miranda Devine. So that that kind of got it was huge news, but it it got buried. Um. So they even they even published it as such. It was a sideshow. The the Trump indictment was presented as a sideshow as a gift to the to the Biden family. Maybe they were so blinded by hatred that they can't see that every time they use the the heavy hand of law against the former president, they just cement his status as MAGA martyr. Um uh, and that's more or less the, the distraction was this. But more significantly, the story took the spotlight off the bombshell bank records released the previous day by the House Oversight Committee. Showing 1065000 had been funneled from a Chinese energy company through a Biden-intimate Rob Walker to four immediate family members of Joe Biden. His son, Hunter, Brother James, and Haley Biden... Widow of his late son, Bo, who is also Hunter's former lover, also listed as a recipient of the Chinese money, which was doled out to the four Bidens in regular small increments between March 6th and May 18th of 2017, was as yet unidentified member listed only on the bank wires as Biden. So that probably was Joe Biden. And Comer's team has been has subpoenaed further bank records and, and is expected to reveal the identity of that mystery person this week. You know, it is presumed that they are Joe Biden, but we cannot confirm, okay? So in anyone's language, that is a huge story. So even the New York Times had to cover it, although with a typical Republican's pounce angle and balanced by a story about an investigation by House Democrats into a supposedly missing gift to Trump from the Japanese Prime Minister of about a $3,000 golf driver and a $500 putter. So, putter. It's a putter. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of exchanges here, and that, that's, that's pretty relevant because China's really in the limelight as being a bad actor that's trying to skew American influence, and specifically influencing the, the Biden family. And that matters because Biden's in office and he's not necessarily the most ethical guy. He wants to be. He says he is. His press people says he is. But he's not. <laughs> he's done a lot so, of things that are, are not ethical. So I think uh, I think your point, then, therefore, Sheila, is that you got uh, corrupt people in China, corrupting Americans. Politics is up, right? Yeah. So you, we we also okay. happen to have our own corruption that that makes them prone. Okay, can you hear me now? It's so, yeah, it's it's, so it's, bad, it's, it's still pretty bad, Gregor. Yeah, yeah I see. You may I have to hang up, up and call, call back in. I'll let you back in if you want to hang up. Or I'll I'll re you. No problem. No,
10: I said we charge him five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you know, uh, yeah, uh, there's no argument you're you're right there you know elites everywhere you know corrupt people everywhere people meddling in another country's business everywhere so i'm not going to argue that
1: yeah Th- thanks johnny we're going to take william yeah. next is that cool yes ma'am all right Bye. thanks thanks for calling in hey william what do you have for us today
6: uh, can you hear me okay huh?
9: yeah this is
1: great thank you
9: Oh, yeah, good to hear you. Um, uh, hey to Gregor and Johnny and anybody else listening. Um, you covered a lot of materials, so to be honest with you. a lot of information overload. I know you. it's a one week new show, so.
1: Yeah, I we got to pack it up.
9: Yeah. <laughs> so there are so many thoughts that come along the way, and now I'm trying to retrieve. So we'll start with the Redact Act. What was that? What was it called again? Restrict. Yeah.
1: The Restrict Act. Restrict
9: okay the first time i heard about this was a couple of days ago somebody tipped me off when i was doing a callin' you know i have a little call room i do and someone got came and so on and i was like man this is freaking nuts this is a patriot act on steroids you know what i mean that's the first thing i thought about and you know the national defense authorization act uh, you know after 9-11 you know what i mean uh, and uh, actually uh, the uh, 2012 Smith Modernization Act, which I've talked a lot about, which lifted the ban on domestic propaganda, the 1948 Smith-Month Act in 2012. It's just we're we're moving more and more towards this totalitarianism, authoritarianism, uh, what's uh, permittable speech, what isn't, uh, what they in charge want to consider is propaganda or not. Uh, you know, except it's this, this absolute insanity, and it reminds very strongly of remember the movie Network, Mr. Beal. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. Yeah, yeah, so you I, bring that up. The, the, I bring that up all the time because there's a scene there called The Corporation, anyone can look it up on YouTube, and, it, and it's a great scene. And uh, anyway, it's Mr. Beal in the National Pub, uh, New York Public Library with a corporatist. Uh, the, I, I, I'll give it all away, but the thumbnail version is, you know, it's like, there are no nations, Mr. Beale, you know, there are
6: no countries, right. there's only international domestic commerce. You think the Russians, sit you
1: there? Know, it's going to be a great scene, and the whole movie's a It is. Saturday, it It, it really know. coins the, the whole um, cabal of, yes. of neoliberal players. Uh, kind of like the Illuminati Even when they're not Illuminati They're still that They're still that And uh, e- even if you didn't believe in the occult aspect of, of it, which you don't have to It's it's not like we're there or anything um, Even if you don't Buy into Alex Jones And and all of the other things That they go to uh, these, these little clubs and cliques For super rich people Where they do evil, rich things Rich, evil things And you know, stuff that, that we're not really interested in. <laughs> we don't get anything out of it, honestly. And, and have you ever noticed that they, they put these rich people in these absolutely profanely amoral lights? Like, they get to do, they get to partake of all of these evil delights because they are rich. And I'm thinking, no, I mean, there's, you could be evil at any economic level if you choose but it's it's just that they they want people to believe that they will be able to conduct themselves more with m- more limitless immorality if they are rich and i think that that's that's really a bad frame you know people should people are aspirationally rich to do good things in many cases you know they do give a lot to charity they're not just Amassing and hoarding wealth to themselves just for themselves, um, I'm not. I'm not always convinced that that being rich is an inherently immoral posture on all things. So, and because probably because I've known a few rich people, and they're not, they're not bad people. They're just not bad. They're not that bad, that's for sure. They're not going to spend all their time. Um, you know, they care what happens to their kids. They care what happens to to other people. You know they get involved in causes, and you know overtly vilifying people for being rich is as an immorality is is not it's not a logical fallacy. It's it's illogical to me. So uh, you're 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 free to to challenge me on that. Oh, I money is just a tool. Do I sound better by
9: the way? And money is just.
1: Oh my god! I don't know what to do, Gregor. I don't know what to do. Hmm. Okay. Hey, William, do you have any other yeah. other things to say, or do you want to comment? Yeah, sure, on?
9: I got a lot of ones that first respond to what you have to say and add to that if I can, have a different perspective. I mean, okay, here's the way I see the world for what it's worth. We've got Davos, which is basically the Bilderberg continuum. Right. Right. And that's a real thing. It you know, is. It's not, not hyperbole. And... And it, it literally is the Bilderberg continuum. There's no question about it. Kissinger uh, basically molded uh, Klaus Schwab, and you know, then you have Yuval Noah Harari. And it blends into some of your other topics which about AI. And what I mean by that is if you listen to Yuval, he's talking about they believe by
6: 2050 that 80% of jobs will be taken by AI
9: and robotics. And that what's left for the rest of us will be the meta-universe and drugs. That's his words. That's coming from the World Economic Forum platform, not Bill Momotati. And you can check that out. You can search it out and and find it. They also say by 2030, they believe that 80, I forget what percentage of jobs that pay under $20 an hour will basically be eliminated. I can't remember the percentage. 30% of jobs, perhaps. So this is, you know, this is sort of like the, the, their perspective. When I say they, you got to remember who the World Economic Forum is. You've got like five thousand members there, over a thousand corporations, people from governmental uh, uh, politicians to corporate CEOs to you know. Uh, it's just a vast number of folks.
1: So, so- I mean, what what's the plan afterwards? They, I I don't think they always think about what is the future. Are we going to regress? To an uh, a pre agrarian surf society? Like like go back to being an agrarian society where basically our only virtue and worth it comes from like the land and you know farming and what we produce from with our hands. You know, because that's all that's really left, which is you know, it's it's seems like a regressive act with all this high technology. You know what is the per? It's losing its purposefulness.
9: Yes, but what I'm suggesting is that I'm not trying to justify or, or in any way, uh, let me try. Let me rephrase that. What, what I'm trying to say is, for, all I can do is try to
6: interpret the messages that are coming from their platform, and yeah. then, Working with the collaboration
9: World well, Economic Forum with the UN established collaboration mm-hmm. uh, with with the World Health Organization and I, and I'm
1: sorry if it, you're you're catching some tone here, but the, the questions are precipitous from from the content, William. I'm going to have questions that that come from the content of what you're okay. saying. You know, and those are, those are my questions. My questions are for this this apparent you know world leadership who wants to run things, you know, Uh, well, you know, what is your real plan for society? I I don't think they have a real plan. Their plan is...
9: Let let, let me say what it is. They put it, that's the Great Reset, the Internet of Bodies, central bank digital currency, uh, vaccine passports, mask mandates, as they roll out, you know, forget, they've got many tabletop exercises all played out already for the future for us, for more pandemics. And that's not hyperbole either. We've got severe epidemic uh, enterovirus respiratory syndrome for 2025. Let's see how that rolls along. Catastrophic catastrophic contagion. They just had that meeting in Belgium a couple months ago. Um, You know, you've got the uh, the, the, supposing now the bird flu that's managed to morph from birds to mammals using the diagnostic fraudulent PCR test. I mean, you know, you and I have shared a lot of these things that root back to, you know, event 201. So that's just health. Then you got the international health regulatory, uh, I'm sorry, health regulations they're trying to amend. So to answer your question, they say, right, what they're saying in the great reset, the Internet of Bodies, the you know, this futuristic, uh, 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 even um, what they call, uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm having a moment here, where uh, transhumanism, oh, they're, they're very. it's a great thing coming forward, which I see as the mark of the beast, and I know a lot of people who don't believe in Jesus would say that's, they don't want to hear about it, but that's, I'm going to say it, because that's my belief. So there's, what I, and I'm going to talk about it, because I believe we all are spiritual, physical uh, beings. And,
1: and, and you're allowed people. to talk about it on, on this program. At, at, at any time, you're allowed to pro- talk about your beliefs.
9: Yeah, and so, you know, along those lines, I see this as, you know, the book of Revelations coming to bear. You know, honestly, and, and and the mark of the beast, and this transhumanism, and this central bank digital currency, social credit scores, what they're talking about is basically what they call the outliers those who resist it, and those who are the winners, part of their platforming and programming that they uh, their agenda. And uh, they'll be kind of bif-
1: bifurcated. Yeah, they can't do it without without the technology becoming a complete and, and utter dragnet for the whole of humanity. And, and that, that's what they want to do with it. That's I, I mean, there's so many vectors that... There's so many things that you can do with technology, but this is what they want to do.
9: Yes. Yes, and that's my point. Now, now I want to jump to something that's happening now, that's been happening, that kind of Johnny talked about, too, but, it, 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 okay, well, even the act that you just cited, okay, which um, I don't like, the... The, uh, the the new act that Lindsey Graham seemed uh, unaware
1: that he was even a co-signer to. Let's not forget it. the Respect Act. Thank you, Gregor. Thank you. Oh, know, moment, your your uh, mic is on, Gregor. Gregor, Gregor. You're back.
9: <laughs> I you, switched you're my wrong, thoughts, Gregor. Did you want to say something? I'll button up for a little bit because you know you want to jump nope, back go in. go ahead. Okay. We're No, nope, go ahead. Okay, so you got this act. Now, though, keep in mind, I had a, a lady I knew once who was a local politician. She said, Billy, we don't write the bills. What? She said, they're written by,
1: she says, they're written by the lawyers. I said, you mean the lobbyists? She goes, yeah. Yeah. Much. She goes, we just get
9: to vote on them. That's why Lindsey Graham doesn't even know what the hell the bill is.
1: He should read this, it. I mean, read the bills act. I, he should read I, it. I, I, I think that's their job as a public servant. <laughs> I, I think so too.
9: You. <laughs> you would think, right? But then we also have this like, I like to quote George Carlin. You know, uh, you know in the sense that uh, the American dream—you uh, you've got to be asleep to continue to believe in it—because we've seen a uh, controlled demolition of our economy, intentional, through uh, trade uh, agreements. First NAFTA, then the Beijing Asian uh, free trade agreements, and the TPP. This, what I'm getting at is there's an, a plan, right? Uh, the plan is, and it's the Well, in effect, for a while, to to do what? Outsource American companies to wherever they want all over the globe, where they can manufacture with the least amount of uh, restrictions on environmental and labor, and import uh, uh, people. Not get them uh, in a situation where they can be documented uh, in an expedient fashion, but more have them work in service jobs, be it landscaping, uh, farming, uh, uh, dishwashing, you know, undocumented. And if if you just all you have to do is open your eyes and see what, for example, the small businesses during this. last several years of controlled demolition, uh, some 63%, the last I read, have closed even pure, permanently. And one was a spoken wheel bike shop, my father's own business, that the fellow who bought it from us was trying to keep it going. Yeah. And we were bearing the note. And that's a small... Local business and it's it, this is. I was talking to another guy, Mike Cacciapoli. Uh, let your voices be heard. He goes, "No, it's so hard." He goes, "I have friends who try and get business licenses to start things today. It's nearly impossible." That's not by accident either, because it's all about a wealth transfer, and it always is. Every time there's a collapse, it's always about a wealth transfer. Up to the to the, upward.
1: Yeah, I, I'm glad you you mentioned that because USAID. As Ron Paul has called out in the past, is basically the the poor taxpayer of this country uh, paying for the rich, corrupt leadership of a yeah. poor country, yeah, and well, I mean, and, yeah. and that that's a wealth transfer as well. And it's the same type of people: USAID is Sam Power. And you know the heads at the U.S. Department of State, which have come out against censorship. By this, oh, this is right now. This is right now. State Department criticizes online censorship, and then uh, and then threatens to hold platforms accountable. Like, oh, okay. How are you going to do that for, for, for the GEC and what they want to do by by promoting by promoting censorship?
9: We have to, we have to fight this. At, at, at every level, because at some point, well, you see what they're trying to do with the health regulations, and what's permitted to, to talk about, I mean, gosh, when we were growing up, Sheila, oh, well, I'm 62, okay, I should put it in context, you know, we were get, <laughs> get several opinions, right, get you know, I don't want to conclude, I, I assume you're in your 40s, you know, so I have to keep Oh,
1: mind. here's another one, Ukraine leads the request for social media platforms to censor, quote-unquote, disinformation disinformation That's, this is ukraine
9: yeah of all places right? where you can't speak russian uh, now uh, according to you know and uh, not to mention how many political parties have been eliminated
6: there. yeah all of them
9: <laughs> right um so we're totally propagandized um but the point of, i, I kind of lost my train of thought but i i think what i'm trying to say is it's been a uh, eroding of our sovereign uh, rights, our individual
6: rights, and it's this mechanism, of, for lack of a better
9: word, a, a people. So that's kind of a weird way to put it. It's an amalgam of people who are in a very wealthy place, who have the ability to manipulate the laws, you know what I mean, and establish these things you know what I mean, at at all levels, and this is what we're seeing, you know, if you look at, from the the left to the UN, you know, uh, uh, what the central bankers are doing, this whole central bank digital currency, uh, and not to mention, you know, isn't it interesting, every time there's a bank collapse, who gets bailed out, you know what I mean, have you seen, how many go to jail? You know what I mean? Like, honestly, besides Bernie Madoff, how many went to jail? How many times has Goldman Sachs been fined for manipulating gold markets or the or whatever the hell they're doing illegal or B of A or you know?
1: And, and yeah, how many go to jail? I person? mean, you'd have to really watch it. I've seen some checks and balances there, but you'd have to really watch it. And and that's one of the things that that has that I kind of fault the media for. Um, the media will report it, but it's at a much l- lower level of um, kind of triage than, say, like the death of the day. and. What I was going to say is you may see fines,
9: which are a fraction of their, what their profiteering is, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about actual servant time. You know what
1: I mean for the white collar crimes. No, I mean I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then the closest we've really gotten is Sam Bankman-Fried. I'm going to pull you up to the speaker column, William. Uh, and yeah, then we're going to we're going to get Blotty in here. He's been very patient, but but I want to okay, keep great. the the queue moving. Okay. Thank
9: you. Uh, okay. Got
1: it. Hey, Blotty. In
11: a shopping center, I can't really talk now. Oh. If you told me up I'll come back. But if you bro
1: okay like, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put you back in the queue and Johnny wanted to, to donate a, a few words of wisdom and then and then we'll take you back so I'm gonna put him back in the queue uh, I'm just gonna take the next caller come back bloody when you're ready right, hey hey Sh- Johnny I think you wanted to, to tighten up your remarks so I'm gonna just three minutes, sir, uh, three minutes of your time. You said
10: earlier to William that you don't shy away from religious or spiritual talking. And this isn't going to get be- long, I promise you. I know how it can get long. But before I do, three minutes, right? Before I do, <clears throat> quick statement. All political discourse is nothing more than conversation starters for religious belief systems of thought. So here's my three minutes, okay? And it's, You think I'm crazy now? You think I'm delusional now? Wait till you hear this, Sheila, but I can back it up. Here it goes. Three minutes. Repeat this script from top to bottom, exactly, emphasizing what is in bold to all you know and ask them to do the same. Emphasize. I have something to say. Stop emphasis. The world is turned upside down, and we, the people of America, are in large part to blame. Let's together now right the wrong we have done. Most of us agree we no longer have a representative government, a republic. The following strategy is how we get it back. Each category of people have their roles to play. The citizen. We research and study two topics. Neoliberalism. A good research for this part, this is a five-part series on YouTube called This is Neoliberalism. Two, modern monetary theory. A good resource for this is another YouTube video called Stephanie Kelton. Pres- Stephanie Colton's presidential lecture Emphasize This is very, very important Stop emphasis Then do the following Wear red and white on your bodies And on your vehicles As you drive down the road Red indicating we as individual citizens Here in America Are ultimately at fault for the death Destruction and misery we have visited Around the world And are now taking full responsibility for it And ask for mercy White, indicating we are going to right this wrong with a peaceful but strategic and effective revolution by doing one simple but very powerful thing. Be seen by wearing red and white on our bodies and our vehicles driving down the road. The truck driver on Labor Day 2026 on behalf of the citizens of America will stop their trucks, recognizing the power and duty they have to their country and countrymen and demand three things of our so-called elected officials before they go back to work. Number one, sign a nuclear arms treaty. Number two, free and fair elections. To the satisfaction of one Lawrence Lessig and whoever he chooses to help him, analyze the legislature, the amendment, if you will. And number three, a vote, not passed, but merely a vote on single-payer Medicare for All. Not a public option, but single-payer. Law enforcement. Remember your oath and recognize who the domestic enemy is. Elected officials, emphasize, do as we command. Stop emphasis. Or face consequences as we the people accept responsibility for what we have allowed to happen, you will also be held accountable. In conclusion, emphasis, I am telling you the truth. Stop emphasis. Do you not know? That you as individuals are gods? That you are as powerful as three branches of government acting as one? Ignore this responsibility to follow these instructions, this script, exactly, and get your just reward. And yes, a simple script on a piece of paper can build nations, nations up and take them down. The evil ones know this very well. Start emphasis. Now do as you will. Stop emphasis. And uh, that's it. And one quick question, two two rhetorical questions. Number one, if a year and a half from now, those in power that push policy, that can push policy, either it be a neoliberal or an oligarch, sees nobody wearing red and white, what do you think they will do? But in a year and a half from now, when those two, those same people, the neoliberal, who's in a position to push policy, and uh, the oligarch who has the resources to allow that to happen, what do you, if they see red and white everywhere? What do you think they will think? And that's it. Thank you for your uh, attention. There, you can ask me questions or you can
1: say thank you for your comment. And I love that you let me do this, Sheila. You're you're great. Thanks. Hey, well, you're welcome. And you know, it, I wouldn't be a good free speech advocate if I didn't let you speak what you wanted to say. So, right there, you go. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take we're gonna take Blottie because you know he's he's probably I'm gonna make him the next caller. All right. So I, I don't know about the red and white thing. Like I'm not really kind of a joiner on on the, on the platform of beliefs and and political uh, bandwidth. You know, Gregor, I don't know if this is the the red and white thing is for you, but uh, I know for for as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I think
2: the red, white, and blues are all of what I want.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to show, show who I am, not uh, by a symbol. Sorry, I'm hoping
11: I'm not out guard. college. You put the red, white, and blue? Yeah. We need to start going back to being American. America.
1: You got a lot of background going on, Vladdy. A lot.
11: Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm coming out of my favorite restaurant. First, I went to the
1: store. Now I'm in my favorite restaurant. Hey, okay, can can you uh, can you come oh, back in like man, a minute man. when you got a quiet hold box? On,
11: hold on, I'm outside. Can you hear me? Is it
1: better? Yeah, yeah, I mean it is better actually.
11: Okay, so now that I'm out of the restaurant, the, the, what I'm saying is we need to go back to the red, white, and blue. What it means, what it stands for, because there's value in each color, and what it stands for, and not, we're not living up to it. We're not living up to our Constitution. Those are supposed to do something and fight the powers, We have the Second Amendment and said it again. Nobody's doing a damn thing. What's going on? A weekend of America. That's all they want. Full of fear. But falling to our knees. Not putting up a fight. That's what they want. I mean, William said his part. Johnny said his part. You've been saying your part for like the longest too. Why do we keep on just another year? We're going to continue going down this. Rabbit hole, and, and you know they're not going to give us what we want. Something Johnny forgot to mention, and not to be critical of him, was he forgot to mention that we should both to have speedy recalls for bad politicians. Here in California, it takes almost a year to recall someone. Why the hell does it take so damn long to recall someone? When they should, they should be recalled almost immediately, <laughs> under three months, under three months. Not just state. I'm talking about Congress. They should be recalled immediately. Why are we taking
1: so damn long? I don't know, but uh, I, I want to introduce Jed Darland, who uh, I asked to, to come on the show. He was at he was in a service outage area, and he couldn't he couldn't call in when we were covering the uh, the trans politic and some of the stuff that we were, were leading up to. Gregor and I had a long discussion this week about, um, you know. And I understand that the general idea is that that we're supposed to be distracted with with, uh, the transhumanism and the transgenderism. Uh, But, you know, it really is kind of distracting if they're kind of allied with Antifa who are busting up your business. That's going to be a massive distraction. (laughs) So, uh, Jed, if you're able, can you unmute your mic and reintroduce yourself to the audience and...
12: Yeah, there. Can you hear me, Sheila?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming back. I'm I'm glad you're able to make it.
12: Yeah, apologize for the delay. Um, Yeah, this is Jed Darland. I'm uh, a refugee from Washington State. Uh, Moved down to Texas uh, to escape the policies that were going on there. But, um, yeah, we got some stuff going on in Texas, too. So, uh, yeah, I met Sheila uh, during the Antifa riots. Uh, she wasn't rioting, obviously. But uh, we went down, open carried, uh, to keep Antifa from ransacking our town. They'd just done it from the town uh, just south of us, and they've been doing it in Seattle all summer. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry I missed uh, the beginning of this, so you'll have to catch me up. But uh...
1: um, for, for the record, uh, we got to the, the transhuman or the transgenderism nut of this uh kind of late it was like the the tail end of what we were talking about but there's still room to discuss the Antifa angle which was disbanded so um the the day of vengeance has been they don't they want nothing to do with this and i'm not surprised for the people what? who in the trans community who were legit you know they're like we didn't sign on to this we didn't what? we didn't want to be you know bard- we didn't ask you Antifa to like take up our cause and go bust up a bunch of businesses for a day of rage slash vengeance, nobody asked you to do that, and so I think that the news item was that they they basically parted ways. They're like, "We don't we don't want this."
12: Good. Um, no, no reputable people should. Um, yeah, I wasn't able to watch the, any news today to see what happened, but uh, you know, we, they got two. Uh, when I joined on, you guys were talking about Congress. Yeah, they got two. Bills, right? They have the one in Tennessee about the uh, that the, the trans activists are upset about, and they've got this uh, assault weapon uh, thing they're trying to get passed in Congress. And uh, I don't know how convenient for them to have a, a transgender person carry two assault rifles into a, a school and shoot people. I'm always skeptical of these things when they happen, and you know, then you find out she was wearing different shoes when she was shot than she was wearing when she came in or he or whatever. I don't want to, I don't even want to imagine the gender. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm skeptical about a lot of this stuff. I I just, I, and I, it brings me back to this thing I read. You put a hundred red ants and a hundred black ants in a jar and you come and you shake the jar and they, they kill each other. Right. Because the, the, the red ants kill the black ants, the black ants kill the red ants, but nobody's mad at the person that's shaking the jar. jar right, right. And I just think we're all getting, we're in the jar, we're all being shaken. And, you know, human, you said transhumans, because that's really <laughs> where they want us, right? Right. They want uh, something to control our behavior, actions. It's like matrix, light, uh, or heavy, I don't know. But, uh, you know, regardless of what somebody feels they are or what they've, sort of uh you know this this transgender thing is interesting um and I, it's too too complex right to get into it um this there's there's no mental uh health issues anymore you're either like have one of these 73 genders or you're you're male or female uh and, and maybe you have other issues but yeah
1: and you can't undo what you know how long has humanity been on the planet Okay, you cannot undo thousands of years, li- millennia, of human development where there has literally been two genders or two sexes. You cannot do that. Okay? I, I, I saw something
12: interesting uh, from a source I normally don't watch, but it was uh, Matt Walsh, I think Daily Wire, and he got on and he said, you know, we're minding our own business. We Nobody says you can't live your life the way you want to live your life. But we're here living our lives and we've always known that there's a man and there's a woman and then you're actually coming here and saying you know words are violence and if you don't accept and use the uh, the part of the English language the pronoun which is just a part of the English language and now you say you own it you own that part of the English language but but you're now ex- telling us that we also have to change our definitions to accept your definition otherwise speech is violence so with violence you're going to react violently and so you're saying well we were just living our lives now you want to come and undo the english language uh, undo everything we've ever known and then you're going to react violently to us because all of a sudden our first amendment protected speech is is now considered violence or
1: Right, right. I wanna I wanna break in here just a just a second. I wanna reintroduce Gregor. Gregor, can you can you open your mic just to just a little bit?
2: I can open my
1: mic. Oh! Fantastic. See, you your mic is working again. Uh Jed is now with us. Um I just wanna reintroduce you to to Jed. Uh Jed, Gregor's my my co host and he's out of Oregon. He's in a suburb of Portland. And he's now in the awkward position of reporting on on Antifa business as we can get it. So uh, do you have anything local from from Oregon about, about the, the ongoings of maybe the Institute of Anarchist Studies or, or any of that?
2: Well, you know, it's funny. They have all stopped protesting for the most part. I think that has more to do with the weather than anything else. Um, you know, this incredibly warm winter that we've had that has been freezing cold the whole time. Um, you know, depending on who you talk to. Uh, scientists say that this is the warmest winter we've had, and to me it has been mostly the coldest. Uh, Your, your sound is very garbled, Again?
1: Okay, go ahead, Gregor, it's fine. You're, you're coming over great. You're, you're coming over great. All
2: right, got it. And anyway, so, um, but I'm, you know, with Jed on the whole, whole language issue, we really have to be careful. For examples, you know, our, our, our beloved uh, shooter this week didn't have any assault rifles. Um, you know, she had a couple of modern sporting rifles. Assault rifles actually have fully automatic capability, and that's not what she had um they want to keep talking about an assault weapons ban and yet we've you know the licensing for fully automatic weapons is something that has been going on since the 60s possibly the 50s actually now that i think about it and you know so they they, they're used but they use the language to make it sound scary even though it's just a modern sporting rifle that's been around since the 50s it was a it was a private pattern for rifling before it became a military pattern for rifling um you know, I just so language is very important, but we keep falling into the same traps. And you know, the criteria should be: Do you have a Y chromosome? Yes or no. And that makes your decision. And that will only leave the very few people that have all three: two Xs and a Y. Those, you know, and those yeah, are the and chromosome. and nobody is
1: going to make their lives extra hard. And if they do, that they, they are in a in a special category of asshole that needs to be corrected by the community. Seriously, I mean, if you're that rare then you should be protected as a, as a, as a minority. Uh, if, if you're assaulted, or just because you're a human. Nobody should just be assaulted because they're they're a little strange. Nobody's life should be made inordinately hard because they're a little different. I, I strongly believe that. I, I believe we should pre- protect people in our community who are a little different, so they can be here for, for the, to, to serve their purpose. We have to protect the purpose of all of our our people. So, um, so, so Jed, I mean, I, I wanted to, to open the mic. I mean, have you heard anything from from Washington State? You know, any any reports from Washington State about what's going on? And you know, cause uh,
12: well, I- you, know, you know, the stuff that I see out of Washington is coming through some emails for people that used to follow our super PAC, and um, you know, we're getting uh, uh, just like all these notifications to to oppose these bills and. I mean, man, if, if when we, when we petition our government, they don't listen, you know, and,
1: and uh, or at least in Washington state, they did, Washington not state, right. did not right. listen at all. Did not listen. They even passed legislation and said that, oh, it wasn't uh, constitutional, so
12: you guys didn't mean to vote for that, or it wasn't, uh, it wasn't worded the way it should have been, and so a lot of people didn't understand. So, yeah, I mean, in Washington state, is was kind of a lost cause, that's why we, we moved on, but, um, uh, let me acknowledge, uh, something Gregor said about language and, and I did misspeak. What I meant to say was assault weapons and, and with the asterisk that that is now defined as an assault weapon by our government. Um, uh, ah, he's absolutely okay.
6: right.
12: Yeah. He's absolutely right that the only assault rifle is a, is an automatic uh, fire one. Um, and, and you need special permitting to do that. So, my apologies, Gregor, and good catching, And and um, and I, you know, they. I don't watch any news these days. I don't even have a TV connected. If I watch something, good for you. Be a a <laughs> clip that I see on uh, uh, YouTube, but again, like no matter what you watch, if it's if it's on the TV, then uh, it is programming, and and they they're not dumb. These people in the, what I'll call the deep state or the cabal or the forever establishment, these people, uh, they're not dumb. Um, but they do think that the regular populace is, and, and, um, and certainly if we submit to their, uh, psychological tactics like forming the language, um, then they are winning in that aspect. So, um, you know, I appreciate Gregor catching that because, uh, it's true. They weren't assault rifles. Um, but none of these like in Washington where they're doing all this legislation right now, assault weapon to them, uh, means anything that accepts a clip of, you know, more than seven bullets or something like that. And don't quote me on that because I haven't read the legislation up there. So, so just to,
1: to brief the audience quickly, um, one of the one of the interactions that I had with Jed who's, who is essentially was a former neighbor in Washington State in Kirkland, um, we, we got to know each other through through this strange, precipitous action one day when Antifa took over the downtown area, or they attempted to uh, during a BLM action. You know, there was a BLM protest, and they flanked around the lake. okay, There were cameras on them from from local media. Okay, the cops were with them, meaning like on the sides of them and, you know, during that action. But then, and then Antifa came through the middle of the town. They had that big black flag, black lock flag. And the only deterrent to them, there were people out in front of their businesses. We had just reopened the whole community for business from COVID and they descended People had just taken down their, 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 uh, the plywood boarding so that it wouldn't get smashed up, and they put it right back up because Antifa was, was there, and they were yelling and screaming and carrying on. And then a few people, including Jed Darlin, showed up with long guns, and they weren't, they weren't pussies. They were beefy uh, six-foot men with long guns on the, on, the, on the corner. And suddenly the Antifa click went away. They just evaporated, okay? So I think that there were people in Seattle who had taken over Chaz Chop. There were a couple of people with long guns in, in that group um, who were basically charging people to get in their own buildings, hustling them for money to get in their own buildings. That did happen. Um, but they didn't have that kind of foothold in in our neighborhood. We were in the outskirts in in a in a suburban town, like a suburb across the lake. And because those people showed up with their long guns, the cowards, um, and they were seriously underrepresented there, went away. They went away. So we don't. You know, we don't have any any long-term beef with, um, with any, any liberal community at all. It just doesn't exist. I, I've, at least as far as I'm concerned, and, and we didn't ask for any of this stuff, but when it, someone descends upon your community and intends to break your business, um, you you have to do something, especially if the cops are over there with the prosthetic, um, synthetic march for for BLM. They're, they're over there protecting slash defending them, doing a, a, some sort of action with them to appease them, while Antifa is running roughshod into the middle of the community where all the businesses are downtown to break them. Okay, I just want to make a distinction there. Cops were over here, Antifa was over here. Jed? Hey, Jed. You <laughs> still with us? Uh, I think William wants to talk. Go ahead.
9: Hi, Sheila. Well, I want to say hi to Jed. It's a pleasure to hear from you. And uh, proud of what you did. I, you know, I'm going to approach a delicate subject. I think it needs to be said. And Jed, uh, uh, um, I'm going to put my neck
6: out there and tell it straight up. We need to start questioning these... Ma- are
9: reported as these mass casualty events. Because, in my opinion, and I have a lot of evidence on the one here in Connecticut that I can talk a lot about, Sheila knows, I've DM'd her a lot of material. But, you know, the narrative is to basically restrict guns and gun rights and advocacy for guns uh, for free, restrict free speech. So what happened to Alex Jones restrict uh, basically your 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th Amendment's right to due process when you're talking your, uh, in your court system, 5th, 6th, 7th amendments, 14th Amendment equal under law. And this is moving along at full steam now. What I would ask people to consider, to put things into a context or a light, look who we see now when Tucker comes out with the January 6th tapes, what was really going on versus what we've been told for how long. Right, We had the shaman, who's actually a naval veteran, being shown around the Capitol building by nine D.C. cops, and they're unlocking doors for him,
6: right? Then we had the the fellow who was supposedly killed by a uh, fire extinguisher that day on videotape waving people in after he was supposedly dead, right? Did you see that footage, Sheila? Yeah, I did. Right? So just... Two things, huge. Now, when when you have that kind of fraud and corruption going on, then everything
9: needs to be questioned. You see what I mean? Yeah, be- absolutely. So, so that's just that one matter, January sixth. So if they're going to deceive us on that level. Then. I think we need to start examining these mass casualty events and and really start breaking them down. Now, what they've tried to do is create what they call protected space around them so that oh
6: question, yeah, question right? Mm-hmm. If you
9: do question and this is let me tell you something. The state police were threatening people here in Connecticut. If you question any new town uh, or state police or, uh, or even civil authorities in the school system about about you would could be arrested. They announced that. Okay? You can't question. Wow. We have a hero in that by the, yes,
1: yes. And then we have a hero in that by the name of Wolfgang Halbig, a, a retired Florida State
9: Trooper, school principal and customs agent, who was looking into it to improve school safety because in his retirement, that's what he did. He was hired by school districts to uh, improve school safety. He was he was Basically, arrested illegally in Florida with a false warrant, finally got that dropped, uh, sued twice by the reported parents. They dropped both those suits. Wolfgang Halbig, anyone who doesn't know anything about him, he's a hero, he's a retired gentleman, and you can check him out. I use the alternative browser Yandex. I stumbled on it in the Play Store just because I was so fed up with everything being, you know, knocked down the algorithm or completely eliminated off of any other search a browser I found. I know I learned later it's a Russian browser. It doesn't bother me at all, as long as I can get to the information that I'm looking for. Oh, right.
1: another, I didn't know anything by, about that. I didn't know that.
6: Yep, yep.
9: Then you got another hero there by the name of James H. Fetzer, who's a retired military U.S. Marine Corps ballistic weapons officer right? Another good guy, James H. Fetzer, you want to talk about a truther, who, who met Wolfgang in Florida for these four-year hearings. Let me tell you something about the Connecticut case, which I know most about, so that we can start to peel back and start looking at some of these cases, right? Is the FBI Crime Table 8 for 2012 for Connecticut, which cites murders in
1: cities and towns, cite mm-hmm. zero For Newtown, Connecticut, and it's updated quarterly. Wow. Wow. That's that's really interesting. Wow.
9: Yes, and if you go on the index and look for the Sandy Hook your hearings, you will see Kay Wilson, his attorney, who I talked to twice, and Wolfgang, who I talked to twice within the last couple of months for twenty five minutes as a, at a pop. And what you will witness is because I fought lawsuits. You know that I and I've been arrested four times illegally by law firms by the in the courthouse. Uh, you
6: know people are supposed to be representing victims right. of right. sexual assault, right? So so. I have
9: gotten every criminal case dropped. But four, four, and I could have been arrested seven times if there weren't three police departments that had some integrity. That's how many times I
1: was on <laughs> Right? So Well, you're still well, innocent until proven guilty. I've got to give a five uh 5-minute watermark for the end of the program. We've been going almost 2 uh, hours, my friends. I just I just right, wanted to I'm say that. Up. Go ahead. Wrap it up in a tight end of bow real quick. Can I do that? Yeah, do go ahead. That. Go ahead. Okay, so I got every criminal case dropped. If you look my name up online, I'm a big guy, I look like a big bad jerk. Guess
9: what? If you look, <laughs> me, up on Kinetic,
6: if you look me up on
9: Connecticut judicial, judicial Case Lookup, every state has a judicial case lookup under criminal, you'll see a zero.
6: That's I got right. Okay, and so you're innocent of proven guilty. Now, what, I, what I'm trying to get at is uh, the 4 hearings, Where you will witness is four
9: hours, if you find the two four-year hearings, four hours of four-year hearings on Sandy Hook where the Newtown uh, and state officials from police departments to school districts violate subpoena repeatedly for material evidence and even witnesses.
1: Whoa, that is, you know what, if you've got a show on that, I would love it if you drop that link right in the chat for or send it to me as a source. Yes, uh, I, I I would love to put it as a source uh, at, when we recap the episode. So I want to visit uh, with, with Jed really quickly. Uh, Jed, do you have any final remarks? Uh, hello? I think it did again. <laughs> I'm going to pull it back up here.
12: That was the wrong button. I know.
1: Sorry, I, <laughs> you did that, I know. It was
12: connecting to Wi Fi, disconnecting. My, my final thoughts on everything um, look, I appreciate what you're doing, Sheila. Um, we got some serious issues. Uh, I was aware of those FBI statistics uh, about Newtown. Mm. Um, there's some, there's some, it, it, there's a big manipulation, I think. Mostly people are good, there are some evil people that are in control of uh, manipulating people's opinions. They're good at it. I think the best thing we can do is unplug from the mainstream media. Uh, mm-hmm. Think things through for yourself. Find good sources for information. It would be great to get that link to the browser um, that was just spoken about. And, uh, and you know, keep at it. But we got to show up. It's about showing up. Uh, so go to these public meetings. Make your voice heard. Know your rights. Know the law. And don't let them walk all over you, because that's what they want to do. They want to silence us.
1: Amen. Amen to that. Gregor, uh, anything to uh, to cl- close up the house here?
2: Yeah, quickly, um, you know, a lot of our issues are because of what we now call the news media.
1: Oh. Um, you know, it used to be when people reported on things and actually reported on something, mm-hmm.
6: things were better and i really believe
2: that it is currently that is the issue is that we don't um have actual reporting we don't have people investigating our in our uh government uh officials they are working with them not in contrast and the fourth estate really is supposed to do that um okay and uh you know that's so that's where we need to go um and we, that's, I think, becoming an American again This country is a great place I'm sorry, I'm not going to apologize For it <laughs>
6: we'll,
2: we'll apologize in some of the things we've done Maybe, but I'm not going to apologize For being great um, And, you know, Sheila, enjoyed it Hope to talk to you next week
1: Yeah, Thank yeah, st- st- stick with us I'm going to get the last remarks from our caller Vladi, who's, who's been real faithful and, and a good good voice here
11: was garbled off and I couldn't really say much and is pretty
1: much over. But anyways, nice hearing everybody. Okay. You too. Alright, well this has been this edition of The Unsanctioned Citizen. I really appreciate everybody who's come out to, to use your voice and, uh, and add to the conversation. Um, we'll be back here next week around 2pm Central Standard Time and uh, I look forward to hearing from all of you. Invite a few friends next time and we'll just grow the audience that way. Um, With that, I'm just going to wrap the show, and we'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen podcast archives at Substack, Podomatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and Call-In. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.